Till Death Do Us Part is a satirical true crime podcast hosted by a dysfunctional married couple who discuss other dysfunctional relationships. If you can't handle that, don't go away mad, just go away. Hello and welcome to the 68th episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. So I was uh, getting hangry not too long ago, and Daniel made me a burger, and so now we're good. Now we are ready to record. Yep. Made her some meat. That's all she needs. <laughs> Gave me the meat? <laughs> Gross. It's actually because I'm super cheap. And we were out, and she goes, should we stop and get burgers? I'm like, no, we have <sighs> stuff at home. This man. We are not rich. It's like we're married in the Depression era. We are, we are married in the Depression no, era. No, but like back in the day where people would take, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. it doesn't matter. There's a great bit by Eddie Murphy where he's talking about he just wanted McDonald's, and his mom's like, what? I got everything to make you that McDonald's burger. And, <laughs> and she true. starts putting... Onions and the ground beef and Square, all, yeah, just Wonder Bread, <laughs> Wonder Bread. And he goes, and now looking back on it as an adult, it was the most amazing tasting burger. Oh, I oh. love that Eddie Murphy bit. That's yeah. a great bit. That's what you just did for me. Instead I of did. getting me in and out, came home, made me a burger. You know what I should name my burgers? What's that? The Eddie Murphy. Oh, a little ode to the master. Yeah, I'll just ask you, hey, do you want the Eddie Murphy tonight? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Especially the uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. I'll take it. Because <laughs> he's super cool in that. <laughs> All right, Daniel, you got some factoids for me? Yeah. On that note, <laughs> here's what I wrote on the top of my page. Pet peeves that could lead to murder or divorce. How many are there? This isn't like a li official list. I just started writing these down. <laughs> how, no, seriously, how many are there? Oh, gosh, like 700. Oh, Lord. All, All right, right. Ready? I'm going to start with loud chewing or drinking. Yes, absolutely. That bothers you a lot. It really does. So it's not my fault, but when I drink, it like gets caught in my throat and it just makes a weird noise when he drinks coffee he goes <sighs> like that that's so you he pulls that, it through his teeth <laughs> that's so that you cool off the Ugh. hot coffee coming in oh <sighs> okay she's gonna be so miserable and angry by the time I, uh, i'm done reading these because it's I, gonna uh, remind her of how miserable <laughs> she is in this marriage oh shut up yep okay. being late i guess is a pet peeve for some people i don't really some care people. interrupting <laughs> that is yeah especially on this thing that we're doing here we it's tough not to talk over each other right well especially because we're not looking at each other we're actually sitting side by side so someday when we can look across from each other it'll be different maybe we but... should put a mirror in front of us that'd oh. be weird no that'd be awful like in our bedroom <laughs> oh i'm just kidding no uh, one wants to see that especially not us okay go ahead people who walk slow see i don't care i'll walk around them Unless it's on, you can't get around them. Then, yeah, it's horrible. Unless you're in the city. It's different. 
if you're just walking around at Walmart or Target, who cares? Just go around him. But when you're walking in a city type atmosphere and there's somebody walking super slow in front of you, oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so annoying. Clipping your toenails in public. That's a private type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) The worst is, well, okay, but what if they just don't clip? At least they're clipping them. At least they're clipping their toenails. Right? Yes. I don't know. That's, yeah, that would be, that wouldn't be good. Staring at someone else's screen, like their phone. Oh, I hate it when our kids do it. I'm like, what do you, stop. What stop are you doing? Don't, at it. don't look at my phone. <laughs> but then we we stare at theirs. But then I'm like, show me. What are you looking at? What are you I, looking at? I take it. I just flat yeah. out take it. And like, interrupt. are there boobs? Yeah. Did I just see boobs? Yeah. Show me first. <laughs> Slow drivers. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That drives me up a, up a wall and off the side of the road. Yeah. Speaking about yourself in the third person. <laughs> well, Melissa always says. What if we did the whole show in third person? I would get up and walk away. Oh, my gosh. Talking with your mouth full. Depends on what your mouth is full of. Right. If it's full of soup, that's kind of annoying. It's also amazing if you can talk with a liquid in your mouth. (laughs) Saying no offense after saying something offensive. That's so frustrating. Here's one. I'm not trying to offend you, but... you. No. (laughs) I just interrupted you saying I interrupted you. All right, here we go. First person, cracking knuckles. Yes. You enjoy that? No. Do we know anyone that does that? Yeah, our kid. Oh my gosh, not me? That's all I do. Well, you just crack unintentionally, constantly. But our kid just walks up and starts cracking his knuckles. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to punch you in the face. Wow. It does. It it brings brings out the psycho in me. Gosh. (laughs) Uh, What? I'm not perfect. Start talking about my the things that drive you crazy about me. This isn't a list of things that are annoying to me about you. I thought this is a list of things that you did that were annoying. (laughs) No, this is stuff I wrote down off the internet. Off the internet box. Okay. Correcting grammar or pronunciation. Oh, gosh. We do that all the time to the kids. Stop a mid-sentence. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> Wrong. Say it differently. Oh, we're Dirt. so annoying. Dirty dishes in the sink. Yes. My kitchen has to be clean before I go to bed. It's so weird. And I, I hate I that like about them. myself. Yeah, I don't like dirty dishes in the sink either. Pessimism. Oh, I'm pretty pessimistic. Ugh. That's all you are. But I'm a pessimistic. But I'm a Gen Xer-ish, kind of. You are a Gen Xer. You're at the end of the generic. <sighs> The Generation X box. We are the most pessimistic of the generation people that are alive, statistically. Well, and our average listener is between the age of 35 and 55. Oh, yeah. So right in, the, so right in the thick of it. So if you're younger than that or older than that, we apologize, but you probably hate us. I just want you to know, though, we don't hate you. No, so not hate, at all. The hate is one direction. It is, because we don't hate you. You know why we don't hate you? We don't know you. But once we find you, <laughs> find out who you are, then we'll hate you. So it's okay. <laughs> no. See, that's positive. That's not being pessimistic. <laughs> hey, being I won't dick. hate you until I actually meet you. So it'll be fine. <laughs> all right, How about being, being told to calm down? Oh. Hey. Calm down, woman. <laughs> Calm down, woman, right now. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <sighs> what about following it up with right now? Gross. That's like just, 
I just, so you just I cracked. just moved my hand to talk because I talk <laughs> with my hands, not because I'm, you know, deaf. Yeah. That sentence right there, calm down woman right now, <laughs> you will not get laid for weeks. What about if I say, you look tired? That's basically telling me I need Botox. <laughs> So that's okay because it's your money that I'm using to buy my Botox. Well, this is a pet peeve, I guess, for somebody. Oh, gosh, you look tired. Oh, Ugh. thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah. I am tired. Yeah, tired of your bull. Bragging. Yes. Oh, that's so annoying. And Ooh, people no do matter... it on social media all the time, and they're trying to seem like they're not bragging, and they totally are, and it's like, woo, you just turned me off big right? time. I mean, they need to know about your accomplishments no. in life. No, they don't. Yes, Just like nobody needs does. to know about our non-accomplishments. Right. <laughs> hey, you want me to tell you about what I haven't done yet? Right. Biting nails. Oh, I'm so bad at that. Well, this is a pet peeve, so... Oh, well, it's a pet peeve about myself. Is it annoying to see people bite their nails? I guess so. No, it's annoying to see the horrible trait that I passed on to our spawn... Heard a story about a dentist who had a poor woman who had a horrible gum infection, and they finally found out what was stuck in her gum. They pulled it out. It was a piece of a toenail. That's disgusting. I don't do my toes. I'm not even going to say anything. You can fill in the blank. You know how she got her toenail in her mouth. Mm. She's flexible. Uh, <laughs> loud music. Oh, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, that's pretty bad. No one wants to hear that saying, I'm sorry you feel that way. Ugh. No, you're it's not. all about feelings. No, because, I mean, we're pessimistic, so I'm not really sorry. No. That you feel that way. I really no. don't care. How about looking at your cell phone while talking to somebody? Or I should we say. We all do that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. 99.9%, unless you're Amish, do that. Do they have Amish phones? I don't think Amish have phones. Are they corded phones? They're rotary phones. Yeah. No, they. Cord. I don't think they have anything like that. I don't think so either. That's why they're the happiest people. <laughs> yeah. Being added to a huge group chat on nope. your cell phone. Oh, my gosh. Nope. That's annoying. And then you used to be able to get out of it without people knowing that you were out of it. Nope. But now, even if you silence it or something, I'll say, Melissa has silenced herself from this conversation. So I can't even get out of it politely now i have to text people and be like you guys i hate being in a group chat i'm really really sorry if you really need to talk to me then text me personally yeah i think, I think group four chat. four people is the most four to five at the most i think two people is the most you and somebody else sure <laughs> how about one upping people's stories <laughs> that's a boomer thing oh my gosh that's horrible that's it a, is a boomer it thing. is a boomer thing it's our parents generation that do that a lot so i just put in a fence post oh my gosh i did three last <laughs> week <laughs> and mine were made out of metal and i made them and myself I did metal. yeah yeah did i you... know how to do metal now oh yeah but mine i had to hand dig oh yeah i hand dug all mine too and built everything else <laughs> I don't know why I used a fence post as an example, because nobody does fence posts except, except for me. Except for you. <laughs> Am I bragging? Now I'm bragging. Now you're bragging. And one-upping a non-conversation No, with I think you're just telling people that we can't afford somebody to dig a hole for you. <laughs> you have to do it yourself. <laughs> That's it's not good. bragging. It's good exercise. 
Yeah. Especially if the ground's hard. So would any of these lead to murder or divorce? Yeah, I think all of them <laughs> can, s- can eventually lead to murder or divorce. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, thanks, babe. That was fun. That's all I got. You don't want me to read any more, right? Do well, you have more? No, that's all I wrote down. Oh. So I'm glad because I don't have anything else to read. <laughs> Come on. You're people funny. want people want to get to the meat, just like you earlier. Come on. Daniel. Go ahead. Are you ready for my case? Nope. <laughs> Being pessimistic. All right. This is about the marriage of Jerry and Rebecca Barker. Cool. This actually sounds familiar. We might know people named Jerry and Rebecca. No, like Barker. Barker? No? Okay. No. In the late afternoon of February 26, 2014, a frantic call came into the Cherokee County 911 dispatch at 2.45 p.m. On the line was 52-year-old Rebecca Barker. This is her 911 call. Cool. Do the reenactment, girl. All right. Ma'am, I just shot my husband. Oh, God, what have I done? I can't look at him. I've done the wrong thing. I shot him. I'm so scared. That was good. You like it? I like it. You like it? All right. Yeah. The dispatcher told Rebecca that she needed to vacate the home and wait for authorities outside, but she refused. Not going to do it. Emergency responders rushed out to the rural home on 21 acres located in Rusk, Texas, about two hours southeast from Dallas. Law enforcement officers were the first on the scene and had been told by the 911 dispatcher that they were walking into a possible hostile situation. What? Because she didn't want to vacate the house. Oh, okay. As one of the officers walked up to the front porch the front door began to open. The deputy raised his weapon and told the person to walk out with their hands up. Rebecca complied without saying a word. She approached the officer, was handcuffed, and put into the back of the cruiser, refusing to speak. Uh One of the officers went into the beautiful farm-style home to locate the victim and found Rebecca's husband of over 12 years. 76-year-old Jerry Barker in the living room, sitting upright in his easy chair, arms draped over the sides, legs up on the ottoman, and feet crossed at the ankles. Jerry looked to be sleeping, except he was dead. And then there's that. The large blood pool on the front of his shirt kind of gave it away. Yeah. The officer checked for a pulse just to be certain and noticed that Jerry felt very cold to the touch. He had not just been shot. He was frozen. No, this is in Texas. Oh, you said cold to the touch. Yeah, he was cold to the touch, which meant that he had been sitting there for a little while. Jerry Barker was born in Alabama in 1937. By 1960, Jerry had moved to Rusk, Texas, and married the love of his life, Frances May Haynes. Frances went by May, so I'm going to call her May. Okay. Jerry was a long-haul trucker. May had a young son when she and Jerry married, and together Jerry and May had three more boys. So this was a house full of four boys. Wow. That is messy, 
and probably really, really fun and crazy. (laughs) Jerry was on the road a lot, but when he was home, he doted on the four boys and May. Jerry was a loving husband and father and instilled in his boys a solid work ethic and the love of working on cars. And Jerry and May's marriage was a marriage to be proud of. When you see interviews with the sons and the daughter-in-laws and the grandchildren, people talk about what an amazing marriage and relationship and friendship that Jerry and May had. That's cool. Yeah, that it was one to put on a pedestal because it deserved to be on a pedestal. So even though he's a long-haul trucker and away from home a lot, they still managed to come up with a decent marriage. Yes. And she would get so excited when she knew he was coming home. They would like run to each other outside. Oh, wow. Like it was really, really cute. We don't do that. No. No. I don't run. Oh, God. He's back. (laughs) Stop. But in 2001, May passed away from complications due to a heart attack. Oh. It was really sad. Poor thing. The Barker family was devastated, especially Jerry. He had lost his person, the person who he had relied on for over 40 years. Dang. Everyone grieves differently. Jerry's grief kept him on the road, and he had started pulling away from the family. So he didn't fall more into his family. He actually pulled away. Yeah. yeah. Which some people have. Yeah, that happens to some people. And it's almost because there's too many memories. So he just wanted to go away and kind of forget. Yes. While on the road, Jerry became a regular customer at a small cafe on his route. Mm -hmm. There he met a waitress, 40-year-old Rebecca Osborne. She was recently divorced and had two grown children. Oh, okay. Rebecca was kind to Jerry when she waited on him, and they struck up a sort of friendship. Soon the friendship turned into something more. Even with an over 20-year age gap, the duo began dating. And by 2002, the couple were married. Wow. So this is less than a year after he lost his wife of 40 years. Yeah, but he's lonely and he's very lonely. Kind of missing out and and we talk about this all the time that men who get divorced or lose their wives they seem to rebound even more than women that that happens to. I guess so. That men really can't be alone, so they tend to find somebody pretty fast. Yeah. But Jerry did not let his family know until after the wedding. And most of them had never even met Rebecca. His sons and their families were shocked by the news and didn't understand how Jerry could move on so fast after the death of May. I would probably feel the same way. I think that's common. Yeah. How did I have this perfect marriage so high up on a pedestal and then he can just easily replace her with somebody else? Yeah, if mom was so important to him, how come he's ready to move on from her? He should be miserable for at least 10 years. At least a decade. Right? And then (laughs) die. No, people deserve to go on for sure. No, I know. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that's what we probably in the back of our minds think, which that's not reasonable. No, not at all. Now, this is what Jerry had said to one of his sons after telling him that he had gotten remarried. He said, y'all don't understand how hard it's been since May died. And to have somebody to be around helps fill that void. 
I'm not so lonely. There you go. Yeah, that was a perfect answer. Sure. I totally get it. Jerry and Rebecca spent the next six years having fun. Oh, okay. And Rebecca would go on the road with Jerry a lot. Ooh. Yeah, so they would do the long haul trekking together. She became his roadie. Absolutely. I don't know if it means the same thing, but whatever. (laughs) The couple also liked to drink together. And shoot guns out at their property. Hell yeah. So Jerry had had an issue with alcohol during his marriage with May. And May told him to stop. Oh, so it wasn't all perfect. It wasn't all perfect. Okay. But May had told him to stop. And so he did. And then once Rebecca came along, he kind of picked up that habit again. But Rebecca was an alcoholic. Oh. Yes. So she encouraged it. Yes. And so they drank They really enjoyed their beer, actually. A lot of beer. A lot of beer. In 2008, Jerry had been robbed and physically attacked while driving his rig. The attack left him broken and bruised and fearful. Jerry decided it was time to get off the road. He retired and sold his 18-wheeler. That's terrible. It was actually a devastating attack for him. Oh. Yeah. And he had a hard time getting in and out of the rig after that. He really could not get his arms above his shoulders. What? Yeah, it was um, oh, it was bad. Dang. Poor guy. Not one to sit around and do nothing, Jerry decided to take the money he got from the sale of the truck and invest it into a general store in the little town of Dialville, Texas. Okay. Dialville. So either the truck was really nice or the general store was not that expensive. Well, it was in a little tiny town. Okay. So I don't think it was that Didn't expensive. Didn't need it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he did have a very nice rig. All right. And he owned it outright. So okay. those rigs sometimes can get up into the six figures. Oh, no. They start in the six figures. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very expensive. I mean, they should be. That's your livelihood. And some of them have those really nice sleeper units in the back. Yep. And even toilets, right? Some of them I saw had toilets. They can. Yeah, absolutely. So the general store had everything. Groceries, household needs, a hardware section, and a cafe. Jerry was the heart and soul of the store. He was always there, chatting with the customers and making sure the shelves were sufficiently stocked. But if Jerry was the heart of the store, Rebecca was the muscle. Mm. She did just about everything in that store. Worked the register, did the cooking, did the ordering and the cleaning. She was there from six in the morning to late at night. That sounds like a blast. That sounds awful. (laughs) But together they loved it. They absolutely loved running the store. What was theirs? Yeah, theirs together. That's why people love it, because it's theirs. It's hard to work for somebody else and love that. Yeah, and Dialville was right down the road from their home in Rusk. And it was only, I think they said it was a population of just over 100 people. Oh, wow. So this was the main source of community and gathering and that kind of situation. So if people needed something, they went to the Barker store. Exactly. All right. Mm -hmm. To wind down on their rare moments together, the couple liked to drink. 
But not just a drink or two to relax them. They would bring a 30-pack of beer home from the store, and every beer would be gone in a matter of hours. A lot of pee. They just chugged that beer. I can't do that. No, oh, me neither. God, I can't do that. I like margaritas. <laughs> beer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, yeah, that's not unheard of. 30 between two and uh That's 15 apiece. It's not bad. Ugh, that's like the drink package on Carnival Cruise. 15 a day. Yeah. Can't even get that. I can't even do that. Nope. You know what's sad, though? What is sad, though? Every year into Jerry and Rebecca's marriage, Jerry would grow more distant with his family, especially his four sons. Hmm. The family would call to check in with him, but Rebecca always answered the phone and had some excuse for Jerry to not come to the phone or to talk to whoever was calling. Oh. Yeah, she would say, oh, he's out back doing something or he's asleep, things like that. She very much kept herself in between Jerry and the family. Hmm. But Rebecca says that Jerry didn't want to talk to them because they were unaccepting of her and their marriage. Hmm. Okay. Only a couple years into the Barkers owning the general store, business began to slow down. Yeah. Money and customers just weren't coming in like they used to. It might have been that super Walmart that had opened a few miles away. 100%. Freaking Walmart, man. They have to ruin everything. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's math. It is. You're going to go to the store and pay twice as, their little store and pay twice as much. You're going to go to Walmart. Right. Go to Walmart. Then you can do everything at Walmart. Yep. Get your tires rotated. Grab some McDonald's. Yep. It's a super Walmart. I'm sure it was. Get your eyes checked (laughs) and buy a television all at the same time. Jerry continued to keep the shelves stocked and expected for Rebecca to stay and be ready to cook for whoever walked in 365 days a year. Sometimes they would only have four customers in a week. That's rough. And he wanted everything stocked. So this put a lot of stress on their relationship. Four customers total? Yeah, in a week. Yeah. So less than one a day? Less than one a day. Oh, God, nothing good could come from that. No. In 2013, Jerry's health began to decline. He had been having dizzy spells and would shake uncontrollably, like Parkinson's. Uh Uh-oh. But it wasn't Parkinson's. It was something like it. Jerry was put on medication, but would sometimes forget to take his medication, or he would take too much. Yeah. Family and friends were concerned. But Rebecca was right there taking care of him like a good wife. Well, it's good for her. Yeah. Now we're going to get into the medical examiner's findings. Okay. Jerry had been shot through the abdomen and once through the right forearm. His body temperature was low, which meant that he had been dead a bit. It took only minutes for Jerry to bleed out. Hmm. His blood alcohol level was in the minimal range. So he hadn't had a beer in a little while. Right. Okay. According to crime scene analysis, only one bullet casing was found on the floor in front of the ottoman, and only one bullet was found in the back of the easy chair. But he had two bullet wounds. So where did it go? Yeah. The medical examiner also realized that the shooter, who they're assuming is Rebecca, shot Jerry from an upward angle 
meaning she was standing over him when she shot him and from only three feet away. Huh. But they found him sitting up in a chair. So how was she above him in that position unless she moved him? How? Wait, what? No, he's sitting in an easy chair and she's standing up right in front of him and shoots him. Oh, okay. So she's above him. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So he, he's so that's a lot an, uh, that They call that an upward angle. Okay. So he's lower than her because he's sitting in that no, chair. No, I get that. Yeah. As soon as Rebecca was let into an interrogation room, she began asking for medical attention. She had taken one of Jerry's blood pressure pills around 1.30 after she had shot him and was feeling woozy. What? I'm glad you caught that because she hadn't called 911 until 2.45. But she says that she took one of Jerry's pills at 1.30 after she had shot him because she was having like a panic attack. Huh. And would a blood pressure pill help that? I guess it would calm her down. I think she thought it would calm her down, but it just kind of made her loopy and woozy. Okay. Rebecca was cleared by medical personnel and the interview was able to continue. Rebecca told investigators that she had shot Jerry and that the store had become a major issue in their marriage. Jerry was just not involved anymore in the store which put everything on Rebecca's shoulders. Rebecca had woken up that Wednesday morning and told Jerry that she was not going to work that day. She needed a day off. Jerry came unglued and started yelling profanities at her, telling Rebecca that she was lazy and that he wanted a divorce. Rebecca claiming that Jerry was verbally abusive to her constantly. Uh, It's very easy to say somebody is verbally abusive to you. Especially when they're dead. Yes. He was sitting in his chair, and she was on the couch. And in the heat of the moment, Rebecca snapped and grabbed the gun, a three fifty-seven Magnum, from under the couch cushions. Sure. Stood up and shot him. Rebecca then took the pill, called her friend, and had a 10-minute conversation. Then that friend told her to call 911. Um... Yeah, I would say that as soon as you called, I would think they'd say, hang up, call 911 right now, or I'm going to. Right, and not have a 10-minute conversation. What the hell do you talk about for 10 minutes? The weather, maybe? And then, oh, by the way, Jerry's sitting here bleeding out because I shot him. Wow. So maybe she had the conversation and then said, oh, by the way, I just shot Jerry. I don't know. She probably called and was like freaking out and I don't know what to do and her friend's trying to be supportive. I don't know. I'd be like, hang up. You're going to call or I'm going to call. We're both going to call. I'm going to read the actual statement from Rebecca because I have it. Okay. Okay. He told me that I was a bitch and that he wanted a divorce and I'm just trying to do the best I can with this man. He called me all kinds of ugly words and ugly names. He was griping and griping and griping. (laughs) I just did it. I love that man, but he pushed me to my limit and I can't believe what I did. (laughs) That was her statement. I love that man, but (laughs) But. I shot him and killed him. It's like, uh, no, no, you didn't love him or you wouldn't have shot and killed him. What Rebecca was telling investigators, it sounded a lot like sudden passion. Uh So the way she was explaining how this whole thing went down, it just sounded like she snapped and it was sudden passion. 
That's passion. I'm going to avoid anyone who says, I'm a very passionate person. <laughs> like, I am leaving. Sudden passion means passion directly caused by and arising out of provocation at the time of the offense and is not solely the result of former provocation. In other words, not premeditated. I got that off of lawinsider.com. <laughs> so basically what that means is that the crime was committed in the heat of the moment. The person reacted to emotions or passions without any premeditation. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if she regretted the killing right away, why did it take her over an hour to call for help? Right. Because then if, you know, if you're like, oh my God, what did I just do? And the medical examiner said it took minutes for him to bleed out, which means he was still technically alive. Sure. She didn't call for help. Yeah, because if she had shot him and then went, oh, my God, uh, what did I do? What oh, my I gosh. Do? She would have immediately picked up the phone. Called 911. Called 911 and been like, I, I freaked need out. I, kill- I just shot him. He's still alive. He's bleeding. Yeah. Please help him. Please help him. What was also interesting was that during the video recorded interview, Rebecca was animated and crying and throwing herself all over the table. But once left alone in the interrogation room, she stopped and was eerily calm and quiet. No more tears. Like it was an act. Mm. Less than three hours after the 911 call, Rebecca was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Yeah. The investigators were not buying her story. They were not buying the crime of passion at all. They were not buying what she was selling. Nope. The next day, Rebecca sent the investigators a note from her cell saying that she needed to talk to them, that the shooting of Jerry was just a big accident. Oh, yeah. No, Mm -hmm. accidents happen, Mm -hmm. and they should be forgiven. She tells them that she was just messing around (laughs) and that the two had been getting along all day. She and Jerry had been drinking and were watching an old episode of the Western series Gunsmoke on the television. Oh, yeah. No, murder can happen after watching (laughs) Gunsmoke. Rebecca grabbed the gun from under the couch and started acting out a scene and being silly. Something startled her, and the gun went off, killing Jerry. Oh, my. <laughs> Pow. What just a Just being silly, just, yeah. you know, pointing the gun at him, like, you know, put your hands up. <laughs> Bang. Loaded with her finger on the trigger. Loaded with her finger on the trigger. Exactly. Not. Not going to happen. But there was something that Rebecca had not told the investigators, but they had found out very quickly. What's that? This wasn't the first time Rebecca had shot a husband. What? She had shot a husband 18 years before. Oh, this isn't a uh, this isn't a good <laughs> no. good history for her. On April 15th, 1996, Rebecca had shot her first husband, a Mr. John Osborne, in the head twice. They were separated at the time, and Rebecca's teenage daughter, who was not biologically John's, had asked to continue to live with him. The teenage daughter wanted to live with her stepdad over living with her mom. Okay, so she has a daughter. She has two kids. Before the first husband, and she shot in the head twice. Right. Now she shot poor Jerry. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. 
Oh, did I not explain that well? No, no, I'm just Oh, okay. No, but I'm not I'm kind of slow. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep this organized in my head. Well, Rebecca was infuriated because she wanted her daughter to come live with her. She snuck onto the property in Liberty County, Texas at night and shot John through the large living room window as he was sitting in his lazy boy watching television. His back was to the window. Two large caliber bullets hit him in the head, and he survived. Um, wow. All right. Mm-hmm. So he was sitting in his chair, too. Do you know what this sounds like? What? This sounds like the stereotype of women that cannot stand to see their man relaxed, not <laughs> thinking about anything. Seriously, it, it yeah. women cannot grasp that men are capable of thinking about nothing. Yeah, that's a pet peeve. But that it's not a it's not something we we just do that because our idea of life perfection is not being stressed out and sitting on a lazy boy watching TV. Some, and women have a million things going through. And their women head. cannot grasp that men can do that and it pisses them off. So they and, shoot him. And both of these men she shot appeared to be happy and relaxed sitting and watching TV. In their special in their chair. chair. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all men want. Men yep. ultimately want yeah. to sit in a comfortable chair, not be nagged at, and do absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. That is peace and happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, he survived thanks to the quick thinking of the 17-year-old daughter who was in the home. She saved her dad's life. Mm-hmm. He was shot twice in the head. In the head. One went straight through his head. What? And through his jaw and out the other side. Oh, like, yeah. God. It was bad. But this is going to piss you off. You ready? Oh, I'm already pissed. John felt bad for Rebecca and blamed the shooting on her alcoholism and asked that she not be sent to prison, even though she tried to kill him. I don't get it. I don't get it. She did 180 days in jail and was required to attend anger management classes, psychological counseling, and complete a drug and alcohol treatment program. Rebecca was still on probation when she met and married Jerry. Now, my question is, is I wonder if Jerry even knew because no one else did. But he was at a point in his life mentally where he probably wasn't super healthy. And probably not concerned with that. No, because he wanted to believe. He just wanted to fill that void. So unfortunately, he didn't get a very high quality replacement to fill that void, so to speak. In talking with Jerry's family, investigators learned that for the last couple months, Jerry was telling close family members that the marriage wasn't working anymore and that he was looking to get out. Adult protective services had also been called. Oh. Family and friends had noticed Jerry's health on a rapid decline. They were suspicious of Rebecca and thought maybe she was switching out his medication or trying to kill Jerry with an overdose. Oh. Mm-hmm. So two weeks before the shooting, the Barkers were visited by the APS, but nothing seemed off. And Jerry was pissed. He could not believe that his family did that. But with enough people concerned, they had to. Why would he be pissed? He was just mad because he took Rebecca's side 
in that moment. All right. But he wants to leave her anyway. I know. That's what I don't understand is why was he so mad that his family was just trying to check up on him and was worried about him because he was acting so strange. Mm-hmm. And then he's even more pissed at them because he knows that they're blaming Rebecca for his health. Damn. I know. All right. In looking at Jerry's body and the scene, it was finally determined that Jerry had been sound asleep when he was shot. See? Like you said, See? thinking about nothing. She, she's sitting there just mm-hmm. seething. Just yeah. seething in anger because he is happy and she isn't. Because he can be happy just perfectly simple sitting in a chair sleeping. And that yeah. pisses her off. The bullet wound to his right arm or his right forearm was caused from Jerry having his right arm laying over his stomach while he slept. Oh, mm-hmm. gotcha. Which At, means she was only shot. He was only shot once. He was only shot once. And the bullet went through his forearm and then into his abdomen, his stomach. Okay. Yeah. After being shot, his arms fell to the side of the chair with his palms up, legs up on the ottoman, and feet still crossed. So he was in his most comfortable position. She walked in and she shot him. Poor man. Asleep on his ottoman in his living room, just trying to have peace. Well, he was asleep on his chair, not the ottoman. The ottoman's what you put your feet on. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's not on the ottoman. No, no one can sleep on on an ottoman. ottoman. (laughs) No, not very well. (laughs) Only if you're drunk. (laughs) Yeah. You just kind of are all over it. Anyway. Okay, okay, cool. All right. So the two were not in a heated argument at the moment. Right. Nor were they goofing off acting out a scene in Gunsmoke. No. Rebecca just decided that that was the moment she was going to shoot him. This was not a sudden passion killing. This was controlled. She waited till he was asleep. This is premeditation. 100%. Then leaving Jerry to bleed out and only calling 911 when she knew for sure he was gone. That's why she waited over an hour to call for help. It's a little suspicious. So here's the motive. Oh. Or what they think is the motive. All right. In 2013, Rebecca was given power of attorney. If she and Jerry divorced, Rebecca would only get half of Jerry's estate. Now, the estate consisted of the really pretty house, the 21 acres of land, the shop, his retirement, all of that stuff. Okay. So he did have assets. But it wasn't like he's a multi-multi-millionaire. No, not at all. God. All right. But... If Jerry died, she'd get it all. There it is. Since Jerry was telling people that he wanted a divorce, Rebecca decided she wanted him dead. Rebecca admitted that she made up the messing around story so she could get out of jail and go home. That's the only reason she did that. She wanted to go home. I just want to go home. I want to go home. All right. Well, we're just going to bring you back. You shouldn't have shot your husband and killed him. What an idiot. She confessed to snapping and shooting Jerry, Rebecca blaming her alcoholism for her bad behavior. That's what she said, you guys. She said, I blame my alcoholism for my bad behavior. That's pathetic. On October 8th, 2014, Rebecca took a plea deal and waived her right to a trial, but asked for a jury to determine her sentence. She pled guilty to shooting Jerry and accepted that she shot him on purpose 
knowing and intentionally causing his death. In November of 2014, a jury of eight women and six men sentenced Rebecca to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years, which is in 2044, when she is 82 years old. That's pretty good. It's pretty pretty close to a life sentence. Rebecca resides in the Mountain View Unit Correctional Facility in Gatesville, Texas. She is 60 years old. She's only got 22 years to go. Yeah. What I've been told recently is that a lot of prisons in California and Texas and other big areas are actually letting their senior citizens out early. Oh, great. Because I guess if you're a senior citizen, you are not dangerous anymore. (laughs) And that's not true. Not true at all. So now we're going to have angry, pissed off old ladies running around that were previously put in for murder. Yeah, but I feel like we have a lot of those running around anyways. Oh, so, so we won't even notice them? We won't even notice. Okay, no. we'll just add them Mm-mm. to the pile. We'll just add it to the Karen pile. Great. You know, our daughter the other day told me I look like a Karen. I said, well, there goes your inheritance. Right? Yeah. How dare she? Is there a male version of a Karen? Yeah, it's a Kevin. Serious? No, I just made that up. <laughs> I hope it sticks. Let's make it stick, guys. Oh, God. Male version of a Karen. Karen a Kevin. And a Kevin. <laughs> well, all of my information came from articles. This is actually a very small case. And since she pled out, that sounds weird. Well, it's like bled since, out. Well, yeah, so <laughs> she pled out. That yeah, makes sense. And since she took a plea, there weren't any court records. Yeah. And there's no appeal records because she can't appeal. So I gave this whole big speech about how I how I get most of my information from court records and court documents. I didn't. There wasn't any. So <laughs> I couldn't right. this time. We'll, we'll let it go this time. <laughs> but, but there was a snapped on this. Oh. And I love me a good old-fashioned snapped. So I did watch that, and I did get a little bit of information from that. So... Um, Jerry seemed like a really great guy and I felt so bad for him after he lost his first wife, May and their family and the sons. And it just, it was a really tragic end to what seemed like a very, very happy family. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. And Rebecca girl, I don't know. Becky. (laughs) I hope they call you Becky. In prison. <laughs> See, and the thing with people blaming alcoholism for right. bad behavior, right? Alcoholism masks bad behavior. True. Look at you. Seriously. Because it is a symptom of a problem, it isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. You don't start off being an alcoholic and then develop bad behaviors. Although I guess you could a- afterwards, but ultimately they're masking their bad behavior with alcoholism. Yep. So she was terrible. So she can't blame it on that. No. In no. my in my opinion, that doesn't matter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> As some of you may have noticed, we decided to start putting our afternoon delights out on our Patreon. So if you'd like to hear more from us, if our voices put you to sleep every single night, then go join our Patreon. We are still really trying not to do ads. The biggest reason for the Afternoon Delights being on Patreon is it's just not appropriate anymore. It's really dirty. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just not It's not for everyone. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's kind of our version of only, only, uh, what the hell is it? Only fans. Only fans. I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. I'm joking. It's not true at all. It's they're not dirty. They're not, but, but we could make them dirty. Yeah, and some one of our listeners said that every time one pops up, she starts humming or singing the song in her head, the afternoon delight song. And so when she was talking about that, I was thinking of Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy, when they oh. when they sing Afternoon Delight, when they all sing it. And I was thinking, gosh, wouldn't that be fun to buy the rights to can that or play? play like 30 seconds of it. I think you can legally play 30 we'll look seconds in, we'll of We'll look song, into that. I wonder if we can play a little bit of it without it being illegal. What if you and I record us singing Afternoon Delight and we <laughs> use that as our intro music to Afternoon Delight? <laughs> All right, let's try. Because we both, you know well, what? you can sing. I can't sing, no, but, but it would be really that's funny. The funny part. Yeah. You know what? We are going to try that. Okay, we're going to do so, it. We're going to do so it. So if you hear it. <laughs> I apologize, <laughs> but oh, hey. afternoon delight. <laughs> See, you're already there. I'm already you're doing already, it. You're doing it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're enjoying our show. Yeah. So, not to oversell it, but uh, please check us out on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> if you can. Be careful. For marriage, turns out to be a life sentence. It seems like. And divorce is always the better option. Just, just, yeah. Bye. Later. <laughs>